Thanks for tuning into our podcast. We love having you here, and it's our mission to bring you all the latest and greatest tips, skills, and know-how to make you the best that you can be. We know that you have it in you, and we're going to show you how. Now, now, let's get started. Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome back to Anti-Bullying 101. These podcasts are designed to create awareness about the bullying epidemic and provide teachers, administrators, parents, and even students information about the dangers of bullying and why we have to take a comprehensive approach when dealing with the problem. My name is Jim Burns, and I am your host for the show, I am a retired high school administrator with over 40 years of experience in education. Currently, I'm a college instructor and have designed the Bullyproof Classroom, a graduate course that provides my students with permanent help, not temporary relief as they battle a bullying epidemic. Today, we're going to continue with our series, Everyday Strategies. Last show, we covered strategies 1 through 10. This is a 10-part series. Today, we're going to be working on strategies 11 through 20. So, um, basically, we're at the end, you'll have 20 great strategies that you can use in your classroom. I am going to post a link on the podcast description where you can... Uh, go in and download the ebook uh, right out of my store. So if you're listening and you want the opportunity and you go to the description of this show, you'll be able to purchase the uh, book 100 Everyday Strategies. It'll be on my website, uh, bullyproofclassroom.com. Just click on the link. You'll get taken right to the store. So today... We're going to be covering strategies 11 through 20 from the book, 11, uh, from the book, 100 Everyday Strategies, helping students and teachers become their personal best. Okay, strategy 11. Keep your objectivity when grading students. You know there are certain students that you like in the classroom who aren't behavior problems, and they sometimes we can give them better grades than they deserve. You know, subconsciously this happens, and you raise the grade of a student that you really like. And it's easy. I mean, well-behaved and likable students need to be held to the same academic standard as your students who are behavior problems. But for some reason, what happens is we feel a little bit more benevolent toward those students. This can create an atmosphere of favoritism and can lead to student academic irresponsibility. 
you know, if possible, use a rubric or other objective measuring instruments to help your help you make a more objective and fair um, award a, a, a fair grade to certain students. These kids are great. We know that you like them, but we don't want to create favoritism in the classroom. And just remember, these strategies, these first several strategies, are helping you to become your personal best. Because when you become your personal best, the students achieve and they end up doing far better in your classroom. So it's kind of like if you're okay, they're okay. Strategy 12, stay organized. I have seen some teacher's desk that look like an explosion in a paper factory. If your desk is a mess, you know, guess what? It becomes far more difficult to ask students to keep their work area neat. If you forget to make copies for an assignment and realize it during a lesson and then send a student, send a student to the office to make copies, it becomes rather difficult to be critical of your students when they forget to do your homework, do their homework. Stay organized, stay planned and organized at all times. This communicates to your students the importance of this real, actually a necessary quality. It's too hard to do things when you have stuff all over the place, so keep yourself organized. Strategy 13, keep every minute planned. A, plan your work, work your plan from the minute the period begins until the minute the period ends. You know you're not doing this when students are asking you, what are we doing next or what should I be doing now? Your students should be so busy that they don't have the opportunity to ask these questions. My suggestion Overplan rather than underplan. And always have something extra that your students can do if they get a few spare minutes. Believe it or not, a great teacher will actually be upset when the period's over rather than relieved because there's never enough time to either introduce something new or review something old. And you know what? At the high school level, you're not going to be doing your students any favors by giving them a few minutes to chat or do work from other classes or by ending the period a little bit early. All you do is create a line at the door at the high school. The more engaged your students are and the less downtime there is, the better behaved they're going to be. Keep every minute planned. You know, you know, sometimes we think we're being a nice guy by giving students a break. I hate to say this, but kids, at certain points in their life, they can take advantage of that stuff. And if they're behavior problems, they're going to take full advantage of it, and you're going to have your hands filled when you end up giving them a break, cutting back on instructional time, or allowing them to chat, you know, because you only have a few minutes left at the end of the period. Do yourself a favor. You'll be happy you did. Keep it all planned. Be out and about in your classroom, not sitting behind a desk. Strategy 14. I taught for several years in a school district, and anytime 
The principal walked by my door. If he saw me sitting at my desk, he reminded me of it. We weren't allowed to sit. We had to make sure that we were standing all the time, and he would call that the command performance. So when you're teaching, move around the room. You know, and this creates more of an engaging type of a thing for the students because they never know who you're going to walk in back of, so they try to keep themselves a little bit more engaged knowing that you're moving about. When you're always moving around the room, you become more aware of which students are having difficulty grasping new concepts, and you can help them without embarrassing them. This creates a lot of opportunities to complement your students' diligence as well. So move around the room. It'll be helpful. Sometimes, if you're feeling sluggish that day, it could also give you a little energy. Don't get sidetracked by some students when they come up with off-track topics. You know, lots of times, even with little kids, you could be teaching a lesson and a student could ask you a question that's completely unrelated completely unrelated to the lesson, you either get frustrated or you start engaging them in some conversation that's not even about the subject. Dodge irrelevant questions and issues and continue with the teaching process. See, elementary students have a tendency to blurt out comments that are completely unrelated to the lesson at hand. Secondary students who are quite savvy know how to distract the teacher with a question or a comment that they know will start a discussion that's unrelated to the course contact. Make time for discussions, but don't let students sidetrack you in the conversations that are irrelevant to the topic at hand. 16. Keep all discussions G-rated. And this is for us, but it's more for us to help set boundaries. Oftentimes, you know, profanity is rampant. And sometimes as adults, we put up with more profanity than we should. And if we're teachers and kids are using profanity in our classrooms, because it happens so frequently, sometimes we don't say anything. So, Certain discussions can't go on in your classroom between you and the kids or between the kids and between uh, your students talking to one another. Profanity, vulgarity, you don't even want to hear conversations in your classroom about other teachers that the kids are having. And, you know, do yourself a favor. Avoid topics that deal with religious beliefs, you know, if you're teaching a, 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 um, a lesson on world religion, of course, you can bring it up. Stay objective with your, with your conversation in those situations. In this day and age, it's very difficult when kids start to have an opinion and they come in and they start blurting out things that are just, you know, disrespectful you know, about other groups. Keep your conversation G-rated. The important thing here is to teach the lesson and avoid conveying your own personal beliefs about certain things. Sometimes this can get away from us, and we have to be careful that we don't fall into the trap and end up having a problem. 
17. Keep your cool in the classroom. I mean, the classroom's not a place to become angry. You know, in, in the elementary school, if you display your anger, the children will become afraid of you and they'll begin to feel unsafe in your classroom. In the secondary classroom, if you display your anger, you'll be perceived as out of control and foolish and you'll lose the respect of your students. Grit your teeth if you have to and use anger as a tool. In other words, you can act angry the operative word there is act don't become angry sometimes if you act angry the kids will respect you because you're under control if you become angry they might laugh at you 18 howard gardner used multiple uh, to develop the program multiple intelligences and this is a great way to help address the needs of all your students. And what I think what I'm going to do here, so that you can get a, a real good idea about how important this is, I have a motiv motivational gift inventory that I'm going to be placing um, in, the, in the podcast description as well, along with this book. And I think if you... Um, you download that. That'll be in my store as well. If you download that, that's going to give you some help in addressing the intelligences of your students. So there you have it. You'll end up with the book will be available to you and the multiple and the um, motivational gift career assessment inventory, I might add, that's great for uh, high school students. So try and address the learning style of your students. Multiple intelligences is one way. Differentiate instruction. Try to get an idea of the levels of your kids and try to get them to uh, become motivated because you're giving them information through their learning style. Now, one thing I'm going to share here. There is something that's called cognitive bypassing. You want to be aware of this. Cognitive bypassing is helping a student learn content through a modality that's different than theirs. So, if you have a student that's a visual learner, you're going to help him learn content auditorily. If you have a student that's a kinesthetic learner, you're going to help him stay in his seat while he learns content. You bypass their primary learning style because it's very difficult to plan for all different learning styles in your classroom. And will you address everyone's needs? Yes, you will. But not all at the same time and not all on the same day. Today, I'm doing a visual lesson. Tomorrow, I'll do an auditory lesson. That may be your learning style. I'll be addressing your learning style on another day. I'll address it all, but not all at the same time. And to be, think that someone can effectively address, you know, maybe five different learning styles in their classroom simultaneously, simultaneously is unrealistic. So remember that word, cognitive bypassing. If you use that, you'll be able to hit all the learning styles, but not quite at the same time. 
19. Use the redo retake method. Well, students who do poorly on tests and quizzes may feel like they didn't have enough time to study or review. How many times have you heard that? I would have done so much better on this test if you had given us more time to study. Guess what? I'm giving you the time to study now. Let's redo the test. Let's retake it. Let me review this test with you. See, you're shooting for mastery. You're not worried here about what the grade is. And this is not an I gotcha situation. All this is, is, is a, a test is designed to check for mastery, not to flunk a kid. So what we want to do is we want to give kids a chance to improve their score by doing the redo, retake method. This is a great way to make sure that kids master material. Material gets mastered when it is done over and over and over again. That's when the mastery takes place. One test that gets given and then we end up moving on to something else doesn't help with mastery. It may give them the grade and move them on to the, to the next chapter, or the next unit, or even the next grade, but it doesn't prove to anyone that they've mastered the material. Sometimes kids can pass a test and, and not know anything. Sometimes getting a passing grade on a test can be the kiss of death because that's what everybody looks for. They all look for that good grade. And once they get it, they think they're done. But truly, they haven't mastered the material. That's why I like to do the redo, retake method. Number 20, and the last one for this episode is give homework assignments out well before the end of the period and keep it up on your chalkboard. I can't tell you how many times kids, instruction is going on, the bell rings, everyone runs out of the classroom, especially at the high school level. You need to teach bell to bell for sure. But when the bell rings and kids leave without their homework, what happens is the next day they don't they basically don't have it give the homework out at the beginning of the period and make sure that they all understand what they have to do and have it posted up on the chalkboard this way you don't have to worry about kids running out of the room without assignments that are going to be due the next day and you don't end up in a with a homework battle yeah i didn't get it you know what the bell rang and you didn't give it out. You'll See, we will always end up with the blame for everything. And what we want to do is we want to take out, make sure that we cover all the bases and we don't end up having a problem. So give out the homework before the end of the period. Give it out in the beginning of the period and make sure that they all have it. You know, failing a test, like with the redo-retake method, once again, we get the blame. I would have done so much better. You know what? Let's redo and retake it. Let's cover all the bases. Let's make sure these kids are successful. And let's avoid unnecessary complaints from parents or administration. Once you work, to, and everyone knows you're working, to become your personal best, 
they'll realize that you're motivated and you they'll realize you have their kids and those students best interest at heart my name is jim burns thank you for listening to anti-bullying 101 we've just covered the second 10 everyday strategies this is a 10-part series so we got a long way to go but you've got 20 of them under your belt i'm going to put some links under the under the episode description so you can download some material visit my website at bullyproofclassroom.com you'll find a ton of stuff in there that you can use in your classroom in life and it'll become your absolute like clearinghouse for information when you're looking to four lesson plans if you want to take a course there's plenty of opportunity there to take professional development courses once again my name is jim burns and thank you so much for listening to anti-bullying 101